heavy metal television around the world 24 hours a day forever free your classic metal show right here on heavy metal television and joining us today to talk talk a little enough's enough a little beatles a little a lot of stuff i guess is the uh, the one the only the legend himself mr chips enough chip how are you sir it's nice to see you doing very well during these unprecedented times my friend uh, same here man i'm glad to see you're still out and doing this thing man with this pandemic the last two years man it's put you it's put you guys in a lot of jeopardy, man. It's, you know, forced unemployment, not good, right? It's also helped put us on the map, too. Probably one of the only bands out there that's have toured in uh, 2021. Yeah, that's true, man. No, man, it, it, it's definitely been a, a good thing. The pandemic hasn't been a good thing, but it's been a good time for you, man. There's obviously a lot of lot of things going on and and we'll talk about the one that's going on right now the um the hard a hard rock night the uh the new enough's enough release which is a tribute to the beatles and you know right off the bat first thing what took so long dude this is like the most obvious record for 30 years for enough's enough i just uh i couldn't answer that we've we've been playing beatles songs throughout our career not as a, a whole record, you know, simple songs uh, here and there throughout you know, the early 90s and then and through 2000. We've slipped a song or two in the set every once in a while, just paying homage to our favorite band in the world. But it just so happens that it seemed like a real nice time to do a record. I got a phone call from my agency, Artist Wide, saying this uh, – big promoter wants to meet me okay they're putting together this project with uh paul gilbert and uh gilby clark from guns and roses i think they were trying to get mike portnoy from dream theater my cousin okay and uh they wanted me to sing on these songs and go off for a couple of months and play not these songs but Beatles songs okay. and they wanted to take an approach of you know like a rock band and i said that sounds like a great idea I went to the meeting over at the Rainbow in Los Angeles. We had a wonderful time. Came up with an, a, a game plan of how we would move forward with it, and nothing happened at all. Okay. Uh, and so we, six months later, as we were uh, during this whole shutdown, I said, well, instead of being lazy and confusing motion with progress, perhaps we go out there and, uh, and, and try to make some records. And that's exactly what I did until we found – a tour to help subsidize what was happening with the band. The good thing about, if you want to call it good, the good thing about the shutdown was a lot of bands, not just Enough's Enough, but everyone was able to go back in the studio and start recording more music. So when things do open up, we'd have a plethora of material. That's a, and that's a pretty simple game plan for most. But we still had to get together and congregate. So there was obviously there was some challenges that were facing all of us as, as musicians to be able to go out and get together just as a band and crew and, and be able to navigate these waters. 
Uh, but I think we were able to do that. One reason is I have my own recording studio here in Blue Island, Illinois. Right. And my guitar player, Tony Fennell, has his own place out in Massachusetts. And, and Tori, he has his own little place in, in Situates. And Dan Hill has his place in Chicago. We all have studios. Okay. That's how we, we, all, we all do movie soundtracks, TV shows, commercials. We stay busy when we're not playing. So we went right in the studio, and I started recording just a couple of songs just to see how it felt. Right. And the first one, we went to the Shea Fish record. Uh, and uh, we did a John Lennon cover, of course, the Cold right. Turkey track. Sure. And it sounded fantastic. Everybody was really excited about it. And I remember playing that song live, so it was a good template for me. We didn't do that a lot in, in our set in the early days, but we did it a few times. And uh, it's a real kind of a blues-based track. Mm -hmm. And that's why I picked it, because we're a Chicago band, and you have Muddy Waters out here, and Paul Butterfield, Buddy Guy, Howlin' Wolf. It only made sense. The Beatles always showed uh, their influence that they wore them on their sleeves from the early days. They they loved the blues. They always mm -hmm. have. And they're very influenced by that stuff. So that was the first track. Then we started recording more, Chris, and uh, we found ourselves in, in a real nice position. And we played it for our constituents, uh, i.e. the record label. Right. And, and, and they were blown away. And we have, a, we have quite an extensive deal with frontiers records it's not just a one-off deal like a lot of the bands and then you move on they wanted to keep it going for quite a while so we just fit, started recording as many songs that we thought would fit okay on a 10 song record and this is what we come up with you know went went through the 1967 and above nothing below 67 on the record okay I think we come up with some pretty good ideas was uh, i went to the the White Album, which is one of my favorite records when the Beatles were poor experimentalists. Sure. And, and we picked up uh, back in the USSR, a lot of fun, real good rock track. And then we uh, retracked uh, Dear Prudence, which I thought was absolutely fantastic. That was one we did in the early days as well. You know, we did these Beatles songs uh, 25 years ago, a few of these songs. Uh, the fans didn't really want to hear them. For A, most of the fans thought it was Enough's Enough songs because it sounds like Enough's Enough. Right. And, and then B, we had new thing, Fly Michelle, Baby Loves You, you know, all the singles that were doing, mm -hmm. doing well on MTV. So the fans were, they're focusing their attention on uh, a rock band that has some success with their own material. Sure. Uh, but these Beatles, we realize now, you know, all these years later, the Beatles songs, the sum is bigger than the parts. Uh, the, the songs carry a lot more weight now. Uh, it just so happens that we're putting the record out at the same time as Let It Be is being released. Right. Uh, we, we, none, none of this stuff was planned out, bro. It's, just, it's, a, it's a blessing from the good Lord, it really is. Sure. And now here we, and here we are. We, we recorded the 16 songs, knocked it down to the best 10. Went down to Chicago and uh, a downtown studio called Stonecutters with a guy named Chris Steinmans, who's responsible for the Kiss Revenge record. He, I mean, this guy's oh, been wow. doing it for a long time. He's did a bunch of stuff with Ozzy as well. He's probably produced and, and mixed and recorded and mastered uh, a thousand records. And he was blown away by what we, what we brought him. And it was real minimal overdubs. It was the band playing live in the studio uh, in Chicago, Dan, Dan, Benjamin Hill, myself, and uh, Tony Fennell, ex-singer of Ultravox. Yeah. And then we sent the stuff over to Tori 
out in uh, Situates, and he's like a little baby George Harrison guy. Plays great slide guitar. He's got a wonderful voice. He he lent his parts to it, and then we just went in the studio and, and mixed it up in a couple of weeks, and voila, there we go. It's a it's a beautiful souffle, sure. a great. Uh, I, I I don't want to call it a tribute record, but yeah, our, it's our own rendition of how we see the Beatles through my rose-colored glasses. I, sure, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to. Uh, seeing what the fans have to say. The record's already sold out right now, bro. It's unbelievable. That's great. I, That's I, didn't, I didn't anticipate this at all. <laughs> uh, these are, as I said before, these aren't our songs, but we we sort of turned them into what we sound like, and I'm I'm pretty happy moving forward. What's going to happen with this? Uh, not only with this record, but going out maybe and touring on it as well. Sure. Well, and that's one of the coolest things about this thing, Chip, is that. It's not straight cookie cutter covers like so many bands do. You know, you really added your own flavor to to several of these songs. I mean, they still have the essence of what the Beatles were doing, but it definitely has that feel like you bring to the table live. You know, it, it's 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 refreshing to hear that because so, especially with the Beatles, you know as well as I do, that is like hero worship territory that you don't mess with a whole lot. But you guys, you guys kind of put your own spin on it, which makes a lot of it really fun and interesting and new. I think one of the things that I'm really surprised is this may be the we may be the first rock band in the history of the music business to re, to record a full length Beatle record. Yeah. Uh, in the studio, you know, a studio record. I know Cheap Trick put out uh, a record years ago, a live record. I think Sgt. Pepper's they put out. Mm -hmm. and, they, and they also put the residency and we hailed them beyond belief it's, it's just a band those are our big brothers right there in that band sure. uh, but I'm not so sure any band and other bands like Stone Temple Pilots and Sticks and Motley Crue have recorded Beatles songs on their records but I don't think anybody's ever done a, a proper studio record up until this point so uh, these are waters that we've never been we've never swam in before I, I think it's going to offer a, a brink's truck of opportunities and uh, I don't want to say too much, but I know there'll be a lot of gigs out there. We've already done a few shows as the Beatles rock show nice. where we played, where we played a album in its entirety and the fans were crying out in the crowd. They were hailing it beyond belief. These songs are just so, there's just fantastic stuff that who'd ever think any band would have material that 50 years later, people would be hailing it beyond belief. But uh, the songs are just strong beyond, uh, beyond comprehension. Sure. Uh, the performances you know, with, with Lennon and McCartney, George Harris and Ringo Starr just has left an indelible mark that's super powerful. Sure. Now, now for you, Chip, I, and I, and I, you know, I've known you for what, 35 years or whatever it is at this oh, point for forever. Yeah. I know your love for this band and your love for this band is not these 10 songs. It is A to Z, the catalog. I mean, that's you. So for you, how hard was it to narrow down to, even just the 16 songs that you recorded, let alone the 10 that you put out, I have to imagine that was extremely hard for you. A lot of material to sift through when you're talking about Beatles. I think they have 300 songs they've right. released. And most of them are on Spotify right now, which is nice. Uh, you can find that catalog and, and enjoy it. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't very difficult to be honest with The hardest part was to find the right one, 67 through. We didn't go back in the in the early Beatle catalog, we wanted to we wanted to make a hard rock record, hence the title, Hard right. Rock Night, like a playoff of Hard Day's Night. I I went through the songs and I just uh, turned the guys on to them and said, 
what do you think here, gentlemen? And every single song tripped their trigger. They were totally interested in doing it. So we went to the studio and bashed it out live on two-inch tape. It's an analog record. It's old-fashioned. It's not pro-tooled to death. It, I wasn't doing tons of overdubs where I'm singing a song and singing verses over and over. I wanted to find a performance that when that was strong enough to where I gave me confidence to be able to and go and do these songs live okay. without any problems. And I think that's we, we found that on these songs right here. We didn't change keys. Uh, the arrangements are pretty close to the, to the vest. Uh, it's just a little heavier, though. The, the instrumentation, you know, we're playing through Marshalls and, and Mesa Boogie amplifiers. The drums are big. The bass guitar is powerful. I think all together, when you hear it, you go, it's, ah, it's, a, it's a real rock record. Right. It's the beat. It, it's in our, I, I, maybe I'm mistaken, but it's, my, my vision is how the Beatles would be if they were playing today through the, the equipment that we have right now. Because back in the old days, Beatles, you couldn't even hear them at the shows. They were playing through tinky little amplifiers. That was right. you know, 40,000 people that were there screaming, mostly trim. And it was out of control. And the, the, the people were listening with their eyes instead of their ears. But imagine if the Beatles were together right now uh, playing like the Foo Fighters or, or Cheap Trick. You know, powerful beyond belief. Oh yeah, uh, with, with a huge big PA and the, and the technology that we have today. So uh, it's it's nice to play these songs still. We John and Paul, George and uh, Ringo, uh, they've uh, left an indelible mark with their catalog of material, and to get the endorsement from uh, McCartney and Ringo to be able to do these songs and get the licensing, that was my, I think that was my biggest challenge right there. Okay. And we're going to be fine. They'll make all the money out. We're, we're cool with that. Right. We, just want to, we want an audience to, we're going to turn people on to that never heard the Beatles too as well. I just got done doing the, um, the Beatles show on the uh, Sirius XM. Okay. Those cats were blown away. They loved that. I think we did uh, Cold Turkey back in the USSR. And, I, and the first single is Jet right. uh, from uh, Paul Wings. McCartney and Wings. And, uh, Every fan that called in and, and the journalists that were there were absolutely uh, smitten by uh, enough enough strut on this record where we didn't, didn't overproduce it, didn't go crazy, just laid these songs down. The songs are powerful in themselves. At the end of the day, that's all that really matters. I want to go out and play it live, of course, but I'd love to see a new audience grab onto these songs. And, and maybe it shows a different side of enough snuff as well that nobody's seen. Sure, definitely, man. And, and you know, you mentioned um, Jet. That by far my favorite song on the on the release. It just it just rocks, and that that's that's like the coolest thing because it it rocked when Wings did it in seventy seven or whatever year that was that they did it, yeah. and it rocks even more now with you guys doing it. Um, was it important to you to because you also did Cold Turkey on this one? Was it important to you to reach past just the Beatles and and do kind of the the sub elements of the Beatles doing a Lennon solo and doing a, a McCartney song. Yeah. I think all that whole catalog is underneath one umbrella. Uh, even though John and George were, uh, John and Paul were both on their own. Uh, those songs, they're just bigger than the, than the band, than the artist itself. And when you hear them, you go, ah, it's Beatles anyway. So I thought it was important to show both sides mm -hmm. of, of those artists and what they, what they did individually. I think it fits under the Beatles moniker. I got to be honest with you. Sure. And I think the diehard Beatles fans would love that too. 
showing both sides. We probably, and we also did Ringo too, by doing a little help for my friends. Yeah, uh, we, prob we probably should have done the George one too, but maybe we'll save that for the, for the future. Uh, yeah. Although George is guitar playing, finer than sing guitar playing, by the way, all the beautiful slide stuff and background vocals is all, you know, something that uh, we embraced. Uh, right. But yeah, good point that you made right there. And I think that uh, within time, maybe it'll be a follow-up to this one. Sure. And, and the one thing about George too is his songs, most of his songs, we're not as rock oriented as the ones that you chose, at least for this release. You know, I mean, what are you going to do? My sweet Lord, that doesn't fit with the rest of the album. No, but George does have a lot of stuff. If you listen to his uh, earlier material where, you know, you, you turn up the guitars to 10 and it's a heavy hard rock song. He, he had that sense of balance in him. He, he showed a lot of different sides. He had his own timber in the Beatles. That's why a lot of his songs made the records in the, in the later right. days. Um, perhaps, It'll be something that a path that will cross in the future, but uh, for the most part, I think the ten that you're going to get on this Hard Rock Night record is a a great re representation of uh, what we love as Beatles fans and what we can cover, where it sounds like the Beatles still, yet it's Beatles songs. Yeah, sure, I mean, <laughs> definitely. We're, well, we're talking about one of the greatest bands in the world. You know, uh, sold a half a billion records and still going strong to this day. And those songs, boy, they say a lot because when they wrote them. When John and Paul and George and Ringo got together and wrote those songs, there was a lot of stuff that was happening in the world, and they captured it all and put it on tape. Sure. And that's that's the secret That's the secret for any artist. Sure. You know what's the most amazing, Chip, about the Beatles is they did it without a blueprint. You know, I mean, I guess you could sort of say Elvis was the blueprint that they grew from. But, you know, everybody today has a blueprint. If you're a metal band, you can look at – 400 other metal bands or a rock band. You can see a thousand other rock bands that have done it. The Beatles just didn't have that. They had Elvis, maybe Chuck Berry, but they just didn't have a mass successful blueprint to work from. They created it in so many ways. And I don't, I even as big as the Beatles are today and tell me if you think I'm right or wrong, I don't think they get enough credit for what they did at a time when there was nobody that had kind of built the foundation for them well they did have george martin and i think that was a he was the fifth member sure that that's a big proponent right there and george came from uh, an illustrious history of working with all kinds of different bands and i think he brought that to the party with the beatles uh obviously those guys had uh their own timber as singers and as players uh but i was hanging out with uh the guitar player from foreigner Mick Jones years ago, we did it. We did a show, a big festival gig with them. Hundred thousand people showed up, and it was a uh, Foreigner, The Fix, Billy Squire, and Alice Cooper. And one thing led to another, and I got a chance to hang out with Mick at the end of the show. And we we happened to be staying at the same hotel, and uh, I said, "Man, you know, I love the stuff you do with Foreigner all those years." You know, in the early days, I go, what tripped your trigger on when it came to writing songs? He says, I'll tell you what, Chip, I spent six months in the studio with the Beatles, oh. and I learned how to write songs watching Paul and and, and George and, uh, uh -huh. and Lennon and Ringo. Right. And I said, so you watched the band in this, you were playing, you were sitting in the studio while they were recording. He goes, oh, yeah. He goes, for oh. six months I did that. And uh, I said, well, what was their approach? He says, Oh, they went in the studio and, and Ringo counted the song off and they played. 
<laughs> and then, of course, they'd go back and and do you know minimal overdubs. Paul right. would get on the piano, or maybe uh, John would as well. Uh, John would get in there and sing a, a vocal. He liked to double his vocals up. Uh, and they do. Uh, George would play some slide guitar because, but for the most part, the template was laid down with drums and bass and and a rhythm guitar. And uh, I, you know, I'll never forget that. And he listen; those foreigner songs are great. So uh, I I think I took I those thoughts came with me and stayed with me. And so sure. when we made this record, I took the same approach. Very good, man. Well, well, Chip, obviously, man, as as you've seen, and and it's I think it started right here with me. Um, Donnie been making news, been making noise more than news. And, um, and I'm not going to ask you to comment on the things he's saying because he's saying what he's saying, you know, and that's whatever. And I know you well enough to know you're not going to, you're not going to publicly sling mud anyway. My question to you though, is, is there any way at all in 2021, 2022 that him returning to enough's enough would be beneficial to enough's enough. Would it be better as business? Would it be better as it gives the fans more of what they want? Or are you content with where you are today and where you're taking it today? Well, would let me ask you this. Would Peter Gabriel want to come back in the Genesis? They got back together and going on tour, and they sold 50 million more records than we did. Uh, you think he's coming back to well, do that? I no. just don't think so. You think uh, Dennis DeYoung's going to go back to Sticks right now? Uh, there's a, Sebastian going back to Skid Row. I just don't think that they're going to. I think those bands had a lot to say. They sold many more records than we did. Sure. They gave themselves many, many years of hard work and dealing with all the rigmarole that goes on with being in a rock band. Uh, I don't, I'm not so sure as any musician out there that's as loyal as I am that I had all these years. Mm-hmm. What I've brought to the party and kept the name out there. We just lost the great Herbie Herbert, right? Our manager who managed Journey and all the bands, and you know Herbie. And when I did the Kiss Cruise with Doc McGee, they also the same thing. Chip, you should have been doing this ten years ago. I, I was. It wasn't a job that I really wanted, Chris, uh, mm-hmm. but I wanted enough enough to continue to flourish. Sure. No, nobody would be talking about us right now if I wasn't out there working every single day, putting records out, touring around the country. I think that going back to the way it used to be would be a shortcut to thinking. I'm listening to Donnie, what he had to say about moving forward. He, he, there's plenty of uh, fodder out there and subject matter, him talking about how he doesn't want to do it anymore. He's had health issues and right. he's went through some tough times and he's disillusioned by the business. Now, eight years later, you're going to say, well, um, I want to get back in the forefront after slinging mud when you mm-hmm. live in a glass hovel. I, I really believe that, and I planned a solo record, by the way, and I brought the whole catalog to Cleopatra through Brian Pereira and uh, helped fund him for so he had uh, his finances were taken care of during a time when everybody was hemorrhaging. Sure. And, and, and more than anything, I've kept a name out there all these years why uh, he's been retired. Um, I think I've been real more more than loyal, and this is the other, my manager's telling me this, I've been more than loyal, I've been a, a, a true friend and great person, last but not least, playing on the solo record and playing bass on it and doing yeah. the video for him. I, I think I've done everything I can, and I believe that this is not a job anymore. After he retired, I understand, he says, look, I'm not, 
I'm not interested in jumping in a van like you guys do it and touring around the country. Right. Why would I? Why would I just go for a money grab? The only place I could do that would be in Japan, because that was our biggest market out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm grateful for the 29 years that we had touring together and stuff. That's enough. I don't know anybody else. Anything else? Just like Skid Row and Sticks and all those bands don't know anybody. Anything? Sure. They've given everything they got for their. Uh, amount of time that they put into their project and I, that's i feel that it'd be a, i don't want to confuse motion with progress right uh we're still moving forward we have a record deal the catalog of it if there's a movie a soundtrack a tv show a commercial he'll be compensated for his song writing prouse i think that's fantastic right there to get in a oscar minor week wiener wagon and go out on tour again would be a, a shortcut to thinking I'm grateful for it, and he, and I think the fans are grateful for it. When you say the fans want us to get together, how many fans is that, Chris? Really, I honestly got we've sold over a million records, and that was in the '90s and the 2000s. It's nowadays you sell 4,000 units on, a, on an album deal, and that's like selling 40,000 records. Right. That's what the record companies say. I mean, is it really that many people that want to see it? I don't think I, they've seen it. They've seen it when we had the look of the world. We were young and youthful and full of piss and vinegar. I think they want to see that right now. What they want to see, what people want to see, is a strong, solid rock band. I wouldn't have continued to move on if the shows weren't great and strong. We did the Ace Freely tour; everyone hailed it, packed every single night. I'm fronting the band. Then we went over and did the Live Nation tour with Jack Russell's Great White Winner, did a right. slam dunk home run, and then this year, two months sold out. Faster Pussycat, enough's enough. Playing 500 to 1,000 seat venues. The fans have spoken. The agents have spoken. Band sounds great right now, and it's really easy to navigate. And there's no one to worry about any health issues or uh, any dispositions that are going to be questionable later on. Certain bedside manners that you might question. We, I think, if everybody would look at the glass half full and not half empty, the world would be a much better place. Sure. I'm grateful for where I'm at. Tori Stafford, great guitar player, been with me for almost 13 years. Daniel Benjamin Hill, solid as a rock drummer. Tony Fennell from Ultravox, former singer that took mid-year's place, playing guitar and singing with Enough's Enough, never would have thought that in my career. Sure. I, I think we got a rock-solid band, and every rock star, musician, and the fans that come out to see the shows uh, have given us the endorsement and the thumbs up, and I'm going to move forward that way. Right. And, 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 you know, you mentioned it, and I'll, I'll reiterate it. Neely and I just talked about this last week. We were talking about your band, and we were saying – since Donnie left, you are getting these legitimate tours. You know, the Sirius XM tour. You were on tour with Kiefer. You were on tour with Ace. You've been, you know, you, it, it seems like the, the people that are, that are booking, the bookers are taking Enough's Enough a lot more seriously than maybe in the 90s because of, you know, a lot of the other, the other baggage that was there. It, it seems like now you're getting more legitimate play versus that late late 90s early 2000s day and, and we're certainly grateful for that chris listen when i did that kiss cruise in 2019 or 2018 and i i'm on stage playing and i look out and it's all the guys from kiss are there and doc mcgee's there sure. and and evan evan stanley paul stanley's kid comes up he did baby loves you with us and at the end of the show all and it's jam-packed by the way okay uh, you couldn't squeeze a mouse in that venue and at the end of the show, Doc comes over with Paul to, to, to say that to give their love to the band. And when Doc McGee says the uh, chip, he should have been doing this ten years ago. 
that's going to give you a lot of confidence right there. Yeah. And then right after that, getting the Ace Freely tour, which was, you know, fantastic, going from Kiss to Ace Freely. Can't go wrong there. Having the Kiss endorsement is certainly something I embrace. Sure. Uh, but not only that, I see the records that we're selling. You know, we're moving units. And as I said earlier, you know, you sell four or 5,000 records. That's like selling 40,000, 50,000 units. Right. And you go out and play these shows, and these people have been waiting their whole lives. The moms and dads bringing their sons and daughters to the gigs. Uh, it's being passed down through generations. Why not embrace that? If you're going to do a solo career, embrace that and, and do the same thing. Yeah. No one's holding anybody back. No one's being disrespectful. If anything, I'm keeping the legacy alive, and I'm grateful for that, to have that opportunity because we, are, we all aren't going to be around here forever. In right. the future, you're going to see all the rock bands gone. Everybody's going to go, where? Where did Queen go? Where did Guns N' Roses go? What, what happened? Well, we got too old, and we can't do it anymore. So if you got a chance to go out there and play shows, grab onto it right now. Obviously, we're going through a a tough time with uh, with these shutdowns around our country, but it's going to open up for everybody, and the good Lord works in mysterious ways. Uh, you, you put the hard work in, the money will follow. Exactly, man. Well, the money should be followed to Frontiers Records, so that when you buy your new copy of Enough's Enough, um, A Hard Rock Night, it is out November the 12th, I believe. It, it officially comes out here in the states and uh chip where should we tell people to go to get the record or find tour dates or just keep up with you and enough's enough that's pretty simple uh enough's enough.com will stir you in the right whatever direction you're looking to go uh you can get us on spotify instagram twitter oh. yeah all the social <laughs> media sites as far as the record goes itunes and rhapsody and deezer and uh, Apple Tunes, that's, you'll find the records over there for sure. Amazon, okay. uh, there'll be a landing page for everything so people can go get a record that way. But maybe you want to come out and see one of the live shows. Go to EnoughSnuff.com, see who we're playing. There's a major tour that we're announcing in 2022. Oh, we'll be sharing it with you very soon. And, uh, you know, I wish everybody out there well. Chris, while I got a chance, I want to uh, shout out to our first responders, our, our nurses, sure. our doctors, our military, our police, our firemen. Uh, all the truck drivers out there that are helping navigate this country as we move uh, forward. Uh, nothing but love I have over here. I wish everybody nothing but health and a great holiday season. I appreciate everybody getting involved and following the band throughout the years. It means a lot to me. God bless everyone out there. Very good, man. Well, one more time, the new release is called A Hard Rock Night. It is Enough's Enough. And Chip, always great to check in with you, my friend. So good luck, and um, I'm sure we'll do this again. Appreciate you. Looking forward to seeing everybody at one of these shows in the future. Uh, God bless everyone. Thanks for checking out this episode of The Classic Metal Show. Get all of our episodes uncensored at www.theclassicmetalshow.com. Join us weekly from 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. Eastern at www.cmsradio.net. Participate in the live chat room at www.chatandkill.com. Once again, thank you for checking out the Classic Metal Show with Neely and Chris. Hail and kill. Fuck you, pal. And hand job. <laughs>